This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. This is, this is the last night I'm going to talk about this, I believe. Actually, for the next five weeks or so. I'm not going to speak very much on Wednesday night. My wife is going to do a series, so you don't want to miss it, guys. It'll freak you out because she's going to give you handouts. And she's going to give you outlines. And you're going to say, man, she is organized. She is. And don't get any ideas because I'm not going to do that, okay? Because that stuff doesn't do me very good. I, I preached over in Clovis a few weeks ago for my brother. And they sent me this outline. And I looked at that. And, and, and Sydney Bacon, who works with her, she got so tickled. She started laughing because she said, you can't do that, can you? And I said, I can't. So I called him back up and I said, listen, I cannot follow an outline like that, okay? And I said, I promise I'll be ready. And so it ended up going well, and he got tickled. And so the next few weeks, she's going to speak on some things that will pertain to your heart. I'm going to try to take a little break through the week and rest my voice and heal up some, okay? All right, tonight, though, we're going to finish with a bang. Go with me to the book of James, chapter 4. been talking about the authority of the believer. Now, if this hadn't helped anybody, it's really helped me, okay? Now, think about all the stuff we've talked about. The name of Jesus, guys, is not a lucky charm, all right? It's not like some, some rabbit's foot. And the, the authority that Jesus gives us as believers is all vested in His name. So I speak the name of Jesus, but not only do I speak in the name of Jesus, I speak that name with faith. I speak that name that when I speak it, there's an expectation that it's going to do precisely what I say in Jesus' name. Now let's begin tonight in James 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, most of us in it, we've read that, and we've read that, and we've read that, and we've read that. But one of the keys in there is the word submit. The word submit there means to, to yield to his authority. The New Living Translation says to humble yourself and come close to God. How do I submit to God? In full obedience to his word, okay? In full obedience to His Word. Now, I want to highlight this just a little bit because a lot of times, guys, when we use the name of Jesus, even in my own life, there's times I said, it's not working. That name's not working. Well, listen, that name has not lost its power. And that name has not lost its authority. So always understand this. When the things of the Bible aren't working like we think they should, Jesus isn't the problem. You know who the problem is? I am. And many times when it comes to submitting to the Lord and we resist the devil and nothing happens, understand this, if you have blatant sin in your life, the name of Jesus is not going to work, okay? For you or for me. Ouch. That's the truth, okay? Now, I'm not preaching you got to be perfect. What I mean by blatant sin that you know as well as I do, in my life, guys, when I sin... I know in my heart when I sin. God starts convicting me. That's why I say, man, I repent every day. I repent numerous times through the day. Because I like to be in right standing with God. And so when I sin, and it's blatant sin, repent and get that junk out of your life, okay? Listen, God will not counterfeit things. He can't do that, okay? He doesn't change. He's going to do precisely as the Word says. So we read this again. Submit to the Lord or submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Who is to submit? You are. I am. 
Who is to resist the devil? You are. I am. Nowhere in the Bible are we to pray to Jesus that Jesus will resist the devil for us. And nowhere in the Bible does it say the devil will flee from Jesus. He's already fleed from Jesus. Now, it was interesting to me, the word flee there. The word flee itself means, where am I at? To run from as in terror. To run from as in terror. So understand this. When I'm submitted to God wholeheartedly, it releases the authority of God upon me, the name of Jesus. And when I speak the name of Jesus, I believe it's important that we get a, a vision or in our hearts and our minds to see the devil flee. And I believe we can do that. And that's what happens with faith. Remember in Acts 3 when Peter and John went to pray? I mean, when he said to that guy, the lame man, rise up and walk, something happened, okay? Peter knew when I say in the name of Jesus, things are going to happen. That's the same with me and you. We can get there. Now, let me read this tonight to you. Years and years ago, guys, I went to a Bible school. In the Bible school I went to, Kenneth Hagin was the, 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 the spiritual authority of that church. This is one of the inserts from one of his books. Listen real close to this. This is his words, and he said, In 1952, Christ appeared to me in a vision. At the end of the vision, I saw an evil spirit come between me and Jesus, and he put something like a black cloud so that I couldn't see Jesus anymore. Then he began to jump up, jump up and down and cry out in a loud voice. Although Jesus was talking to me, I couldn't understand what he was saying because of this other noise. I couldn't understand why Jesus let the devil do that. People ask why God lets the, do, the devil do things like this. And I wondered myself why Jesus didn't rebuke this devil so I could hear what Jesus was saying. I waited a few seconds, but nothing happened. Then I finally said to the Spirit, I command you, foul demon, to shut up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When I said that, this Spirit fell to the floor. The cloud vanished so I could see Jesus. That demon acted like a dog that had been whipped. He just whimpered and whined and wouldn't look at me. Then I told him to get out of there, so he ran off. Jesus then said, if you hadn't done that, I couldn't have. I said, Lord, I know I didn't hear you right, but he said, no, I said I couldn't have. Now, understand this, guys. Jesus done everything he's going to do. And Jesus was there like, when are you going to quit putting up with that? And it's the same with me and you. We have been granted delegated authority through the name of Jesus. Don't put up with the devil. And one thing I want to, to really point out in that. When you read what he did, he said he looked at that demon and he said, You foul demon, I command you in the name of Jesus to leave. It can be that simple, okay? I don't believe you've got to put on your religious voice. I don't believe you've got to run around the church 20 times. I just believe it's that that's matter of fact. In the name of Jesus. Just like this. Now, tonight we want to look at some of this a little more. Look with me into the book of, of Matthew, chapter 8. And I want you to see firsthand what, what kingdom authority looks like. How that it would look for me and you to see it in the Scriptures. And I believe this will help us. And to me, this is a launching point of authority right here. Matthew 8. 
Have ears to hear tonight, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding tonight. Matthew 8, verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him. Now, a centurion, guys, was part of the Roman army, okay? This was a commander in the Roman army. Understand this, guys, that this guy had no legal grounds to come to Jesus because he was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. Gentiles in that time were viewed as as unclean. And so this guy, he had many, many obstacles and barriers to keep him from Jesus, but he still came. And here's the thing with me and you. We all have obstacles and barriers at times in our lives, but listen, I can't keep those obstacles and barriers to keep me from coming from Jesus. When you give your heart to Him and He's Lord of your life, I'm telling you right now, He loves it when we use His name. So let's keep reading here and watch what happens. So this centurion comes to Jesus pleading with him, saying, Lord, saying, Lord. I believe that little statement right there confirms this guy was born again. How do you get born again? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess him as Lord. This guy addresses him as Lord, okay? So he said, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Just a matter of fact. Now, you think about that with Jesus. It wasn't a big deal. I mean, nothing was a big deal to Jesus. He could heal. He could do those things. And so Jesus looks at him and says, I'll come and heal him. Now, look, and this is where we can learn about spiritual authority right here, these next few verses. Verse 8. The centurion answered, and he said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, one of the reasons he said that, guys, right there is because he wasn't a Jew. But it didn't move Jesus a bit, okay? And so this guy says, you don't even have to walk to my house. Look what he says. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed. So this centurion says to him, he says, listen, Jesus, all you have to do is speak a word. The highest form of faith for every one of us is found when we get born again. Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know what it says? That if you'll believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. That is the exact same thing that we do with the name of Jesus. You know what? I believe in my heart that when I speak the name of Jesus, things are going to happen. And then I release it. I speak it out of my mouth, okay? And so this is what he says to Jesus. He said, just speak a word and he'll be healed. Now, to understand this, how did this Roman centurion have the faith he did? How did he understand authority like he did? Look at verse 9. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. So get this, guys. This was a military man. This guy understood authority so much... Because he was under authority. He had authority because he was under authority. It's the same with me and you guys. Me and you have authority that comes with Jesus. And as long as I'm submitted to him, stuff happens. I stay under his authority, okay? So look what this military man goes ahead and says in verse 9. And I say to this one, go. And he goes, and to another he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. So you know what he's saying? In the military... 
we understand authority. And when I tell this one to go, he goes, and this one to come, he comes. They do what the order says for them to do. You know what that is? That's just submission. That's obedience. And so this Roman centurion, he understood the authority that Jesus had. That when Jesus starts speaking, you know what? The demons, the devil, they take orders. They understand. He understood this. Now, note what happens very next with Jesus in verse 10. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. He marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, not even among the Jews. So we go back and look, what all took place here? Well, this man believed that when Jesus spoke a word, whatever Jesus spoke, it was going to happen. He believed the very thing that Jesus spoke with his words, whatever he was speaking to, it would conform to those words. You know what? That'll happen with me and you. When we begin to get over in faith and we begin to get over and believe these things in the name of Jesus. Now look with me. I've got two passages in Hebrews I want you to see. Go to Hebrews 4 first. Hebrews chapter 4. And I believe these scriptures will get down on the inside of you. And man, when you start speaking the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, it'll leap out of you. It'll jump out of you. You'll sense it rise up in you. It's important, though, you keep getting in the Word. Keep looking at these. Keep looking at these scriptures over and over and over and over and over and over. And the Word of God will begin to change you. It'll begin to change the way you think. It'll change the way you act. Uh, Hebrews 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. He's the great high priest. Let us, me and you, Hold fast to our confession. The New Living Translation says, to what we believe. Now, if you go back and you looked in the Greek, right there where it says, hold fast to your confession. In the Greek, it would say, hold fast to your profession. If you were to look in the Greek and it talked about your profession, it would just flip it around and say, hold fast to your confession. So what he's telling us here is, hold on to what you're speaking, okay? Get a grip on the things that are coming out of your mouth. And when you start speaking the name of Jesus, hold on tight to it, okay? In other words, don't get away from it. Don't think that it's not working. Same, same book, Hebrews chapter 10. Just a couple pages away. And look what, what the writer here says in verse 23. Let us, me and you, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without unbelief. So he's telling you here, and me, when we start speaking the name of Jesus, when we start speaking the Word of God, you speak it, you hold a firm grip on it, but don't get over in unbelief, okay? Don't get over and start wavering on this thing. The the message says, let us keep a firm grip on the promises. So he says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. So what do I do here? Well, all I do is I start agreeing in Jesus' name with the Word of God. 
And understand that you hold fast to what you're speaking of in your life. You can have and you can be and you can do everything that Jesus says we can in the Bible. Part of this is that I start saying and confessing out of my mouth what Jesus tells me I am. I'm telling you, your mouth is powerful. You know how powerful it is? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's Proverbs 18.21. And I encourage you, you read over and over in the, in the book of Proverbs about your tongue. And most of the time, you know where faith is lost within every one of our lives? About an inch below your nose called your tongue. If I can keep my tongue in line with the Word of God and just keep speaking in the name of Jesus, things will happen for you and me. Your tongue is a vital part of what we do, even in the area of faith. Now, I want you to think just a second about how vital your tongue is. When you got born again, you confessed Jesus as Lord of your life out of your mouth. To have your sins forgiven, according to 1 John 1, 9, what am I to do? I'm to confess my sin. How do I do that? Out of my mouth. Out of my mouth. You want to locate your faith? Just listen to what you're saying. Oh, we can't do that. You know, it's, it's dusty and it's dirty and it's the flu season. We're all just going to get sick. Well, you know what? You've just self-prophesied to yourself. You begin to speak those things over you. And this is kind of what he's talking about in all this as far as even with the name of Jesus. Just keep speaking the name. And you speak it in faith and watch what's going to happen. Now, how does this look in the Bible? Look with me in Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Oh, I'm telling you guys, God wants to move in our lives. Begin to speak the name. Hold fast to it. Don't nullify or destroy your prayers by your words, okay? Just keep agreeing with the Word of God and keep praying in the name of Jesus and God will move. He'll take care of us. Now, we're going to Mark 11. In this passage here, Jesus is leaving Bethany. And he sees a fig tree from a distance. And when the fig tree had leaves on it, you know what that meant? The fig tree had figs on it normally. Well, Jesus gets up to this fig tree, and it has leaves on it, but there's no fruit on it. So Jesus curses it. He didn't cuss at it, okay? That's not what he did. He didn't say, you blankety blank tree. He didn't do that. He cursed it with the words of his mouth. So his disciples heard everything he did. Now look with us in verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God or the God kind of faith. Now I love this verse because Jesus just didn't leave us hanging and say, Guys, have the God kind of faith. You know what he does next in verses 23 and 24? He teaches me and you how the God kind of faith works. You want to see how the God kind of faith works? Now get a hold of this. And I tell you right now, you can't read verses 22, 23, 24 enough. Just keep reading this, and before long, I'm telling you, this will saturate you. This will get on the inside of you. The Bible study I went to, guys, I went to class three days a week with, with Dr. Hagen. For three days a week, for an entire year, you know what verse he said to go to? Every time I assembled with him for 45 minutes, he'd say, open remark 11. And we knew where we was going. Mark eleven twenty three, and right next door is Mark eleven twenty four. And I thought, how can a guy speak a whole year on this? I'm telling you guys, this is this, this is what got on the inside of me right here. Now look what Jesus says right here, verse twenty three. 
For assuredly I say to you, he's addressing me and you right here. Whoever says to the mountain. Now understand this. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, Jesus spoke it directly to it, okay? When me and you speak to the fig tree, you know how we do it? We say, in the name of Jesus. Okay? So when we speak to the mountain, how do we address the mountain? In the name of Jesus. Remember a few weeks ago, we said, in whatever we do, do it in the name of Jesus. So we go back this way. We address it in the name of Jesus. And I can ask you right now, what's the mountain of your life right now? It could be different for every one of us. Some of you say, oh, Pastor, I got the mountain of this. I got the mountain of that. Understand this. When Jesus gives us to speak to, uh, the authority to speak to the mountain in his name, I'm either speaking to the mountain in Jesus' name or the mountain speaking to me. The mountain will start telling me this is what you're going to do. But I don't have to bow to that. I begin to speak to the mountain in Jesus' name, and he says this. And I say, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. So understand, we go back to once again, that when I begin to speak to the mountain in Jesus' name, I've got to believe that the very things I'm speaking to the mountain, they're going to happen. They're going to happen. And that only comes from understanding who God is, His character, and faith. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So you get to get out there by faith. And you begin to speak to the mountain, okay? And you can do that in the shower. You can do that in your car. You can do that in your prayer time, okay? Just bombard that stuff with Jesus' name. And I don't care what it is. In the name of Jesus. So he said, don't doubt in your heart. But believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Okay? Now. Look what he jumps to in verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things who? You. And if you'll notice there, five times in that verse he says you. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You know what verse 23 and verse 24 are? They're right in line with Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if you confess with your mouth, And believe in your heart. You know how faith works? Just like that every time. But my mouth plays a huge part. And then I get my heart to start believing it. One of the most powerful things you can do is find Scripture for what you're going through, okay? And then when you begin to pray, just pray the Word of God. Just begin to speak the Word of God. And just use this for an illustration. Just think that, man, you're, you're having a, a difficulty in an area of your life overcoming. And so you go to the, 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 the throne room of God and you say in the name of Jesus, I speak to the mountain in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God. You said in Revelations 12, 11, that I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Now, you know what I've done? I've addressed it in the name of Jesus, but I've gotten my mouth and my heart in line with the Word of God. It works for every one of us. Find Scripture that pertains to your life. I can give you a great illustration of that in my own life. Once again, I would jump back to, to sleepwalking. You say, man, I'm tired of you hearing you about sleepwalking. Well, it's one of the ways, man, I got victory. And I, I like to talk about areas of my life I got victory. So guess what? The mountain of my life was sleepwalking. I could tell you stories in here all night about my sleepwalking. You would laugh. Some of them, they're crazy. I mean, they were just nuts. 
what would happen in my sleep. But it began to bother me. So you know what? I found out in the Word of God, He promised things. He promised things. And these scriptures, guys, man, they just begin to roll on me. Actually, I said to Jesus one day, I said, I want to see scripture for my sleep. So he said, all right, well, Psalms 127 too. I found it, and there it was. He said, I give my beloved sweet sleep. I said, that's not enough. Give me three of them. He said, okay. Proverbs 4 and 8. Proverbs 3, 24 and Psalms 4 and 8. All of them say the same thing. So this is what I begin to pray. I begin to address my sleep in the name of Jesus. And I'd say, well, I thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name that you give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. So you know what I'm doing right now? I'm addressing it in the authority in the name of Jesus, and I'm speaking in line with the Word of God. What happens when you hear the Word of God? According to Romans 10, 17, faith come by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I'm not just addressing it in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking by faith. And guess what? Every time I pray that, my, my heart begins to grow. Something begins to anchor me. And before long, not only am I speaking it in Jesus' name, I start believing it. That old pastor sleeps like a baby now. He's sleeping. You know what? I'm not going to boast on me. I'm going to boast on Jesus and the Word of God. But it will work. Some of us in this room, you've got to change your language. What do I mean? Well... If you ever had a problem with cussing, Pastor, did you cuss a little? Oh, yeah, before I got born again, I cussed. I told a lot of people they were number one. I did all that junk. But it bothered me once I got born again. So I said, Holy Spirit, help me to be conscious before I start cursing like that. I don't want to do that. And so before long, man, he began to help me. And a lot of times that's all it takes is you inviting the Holy Spirit to help you. And so before long, I'd get ready to say, and then I'd sense him. I'd sense him. And sometimes I'd slip and say, you son of a bendigo. Some of you thought I was going to curse. But I'd, and man, then when I'd cuss, man, I'd repent. I'd go back and say, Holy Spirit, help me. Well, it's the same with our words. If, you're, if you've been programmed to be negative, say, Father God, help me. How many of you ever get around people just negative? Man, everything's bad. Life's bad. The sun's bad. The moon's bad. I mean, the weather's bad. Traffic's bad. My wife's cooking's bad. The home, I mean, we just, you know, you get over and you just pray everything. And you look and you think, man, you need Jesus. You need people. I am born again. You are. But once again, man, let's reprogram ourselves to the things of God and say, Lord, help me. Help me. Even in the area where you start being very careful, the words that come out of your mouth speak in the name of Jesus. Now, let me help you here tonight. Let's just say you're here and you're believing God for something. And man, you start wavering back and forth. Jesus comes walking down the aisle. And here he comes in tonight. And, and, and he taps Tommy Slater on the arm. And he says, listen here, Tommy. From this day forward, I'm going to grant to you everything you said exactly as you say it. Would it change the way you said things? Oh, this just kills me. No, 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 say it. See? That's how easy it can be. But once again, when I start lining my words up with what the Word of God says, and, and I begin to speak in the name of Jesus, something happens. Now, let's end in, in John 8. Let's end in John 8. I want to get this one in you here tonight, too. John chapter 8. Listen, the Word will work. We just got to get in the Word. You get in the Word, and God will get into you. Something will start happening. And just begin to read the Bible. Just begin to let, let it soak you. Let it soak you. 
Let it soak you. Day by day by day. You know, a lot of times when people come into, into our office, I mean, Matt's kind of catty-cornered to me, and, and he said to me, they, they, they said, who's pastor in there talking to? And they said, nobody. I said, what do you mean? Is he talking to us? He said he talks to himself all day long. That's called muttering. I'm just speaking the Word of God all day long, just all the time. You know, if you ever see me and it looks like I'm talking to myself, I am. I literally am, man. I'm, you know, I'll pull up at a traffic light and just be praying and praying and praying. And I'll look over there and people will be looking at me. And to be cool, you know, you grab the radio like you're singing. But in reality, you know, you're just talking. You don't want them to lock you up for being an idiot. But I tell you, you've got to get the Word of God in and just start speaking it. Speak the Word of God. Let it flow out of you all day long. All right. John 8, verse 31. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, many of us in here, we've quoted verse 32. It's kind of like a pistol. We pull it out and say, you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Well, you know what? Many times we've quoted that inaccurately. Because you can't be set free in verse 32 unless you obey verse 31. What does verse 31 say? Now get this. If you abide, live, remain, hold fast to my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the key to the truth set me and you free, we must abide in the word of God. I must live in the Word of God. I must remain in the Word of God. I must hold fast to the Word of God. Part of that is in your confession. Begin to speak the Word of God. Speak the Word of God over your life. Speak the Word over your children, okay? Speak, speak success. If they're struggling in an area in a school, don't when they come home say, you're stupid. You know the number one reason children fail is what's spoken over them? You can't do that. You're going to end up just like your mother. Instead, let's start speaking over them. They can do all that. You can learn. You're a smart boy. You're a smart girl. you got the mind of Christ. Daddy believes in you. And you know what we're going to do on the way to school? We're going to pray that you do well today in spelling. Instead of getting after them and speaking negative junk over them, speak over your marriage. My marriage is horrible. My wife is that contentious drip that the Proverbs talks about. She's just a nag. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what do you expect? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You speak that stuff all day. Guess what? You're programming that. Get ready. My marriage is bad. My marriage. We're always broke. Busted, disgusted, never to be true. We never have nothing. See, once again, if I'm not careful, I forget that, that my words are programmed in me, okay? Hold fast to your confession. Let the Word of God. You want to see changes in you? Once again, I'm going to get over to, to the areas of my weakness. Guys, I, and I said this even about the area of alcohol in my own life. I just started agreeing with the Word of God out of my mouth. I started speaking to that mountain of alcohol. And you know what I said to it? Exactly what the Word of God said. He's delivered me out of the power of darkness. He has. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. So I just go around saying that all day. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You've delivered me. You've delivered me. And even to this day in my life, guys, when stuff starts happening in me, I'll find Scripture and I'll start quoting it. 
I'll quote it and I'll quote it and I'll quote it. And you know what each one of us have? You've got to have that bulldog faith. You know what bulldog faith is? You, lanch, you, you lock down on that stuff and you don't let go. You grip it. You hold fast to that confession. And I don't care what it looks like in the natural. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working mightily in me. And He'll work for you. Start quoting the Word. Start speaking the name of Jesus. Let it fly. I'm serious. Just keep speaking in the name of Jesus. Stand up with me. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.